Welcome to the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast from Globe Life Liberty National, where your story meets your success for the lifestyle you've always wanted. We're so glad you're here. We've invited our top performers to share their story and journey to success. So let's check out today's conversation. Mike sits down with agency owner, Jonathan Ramos. John shares everything from the moment his lifelong dreams were derailed. I got a, a hit by a pitch in my nose and I didn't know where I was. I was in the hospital. My oh, wow. mom already flew from Puerto Rico to Florida. To betting it all in a new country. Uh, so why'd you stay? Because I met, I met my wife. Uh, you met your and, wife. Yeah. And how the choice to take on leadership turned his life around. And at the end of the day, I just told Kendra, it's like, I feel like we haven't given it all. So let's just give it all and see what happens. All of this coming up next on The Level Up Lifestyle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. I'm Mike Sheets, and so excited to have our guest here today, John Ramos. John, how are you? Welcome. Yeah, I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Uh, thankful that you guys brought me down here to the home office to do something that I enjoy doing, which is talking about myself. But let's, let's who doesn't, right? Yeah, everyone, right? Everyone likes that story. But you know, kind of, kind of the idea here on uh, Level Up is to take the stories of what people have kind of gone through challenges, adversity, obstacles. You know, I, I, what I find a lot of times in leadership is people see you, you were just promoted to an agency owner, actually, by the yes, way, sir. like last week yeah. while we're, while we're recording this. So congratulations. Thank you. You know, that's, that's gotta be exciting and kind of terrifying, maybe yeah, almost all in, in one sense. Scary, but I'm, I'm up to the challenge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we see you at where you are today, but we don't know where you were five years ago or 10 years ago and all those things that you had to go through to get to the position that you're in today. And, and, and that's kind of the idea behind Level Up is let's talk about those stories and, you know, where did you come from and what did you go through and, and, and what was maybe some of that adversity that you had to overcome to, to make you who, who you are today. And hopefully our listeners can take some things out of that, maybe it apply it to their stage. And there's probably people that are going through things that you went through, yeah. you know, in, in different stages that they can apply and, and, and use as their you know, working okay. through their journey as well. So let, let's just jump into it. So you're born in Puerto Rico. Yes, sir. You know, talk to us about that. What so, was that like? Yeah, for the first 18 years of my life, uh, I was in the island. Uh, my whole family is still out there. Um, and I mean, it was amazing uh, growing up out there. Um, obviously, I never thought that I was going to be in the United States. Uh, yeah. And, and kind of sports was what guided me to come out to the U.S. and, and actually develop myself and being here in this position right yeah now. so so when you when you grow up in puerto rico i'm just curious is that so you, you said you never saw yourself like coming to the united states do right. you view yourself because it's a it's a colony right or a territory I a think territory yes sir. right so do you view yourself as part of the u.s or do you view yourself it's like your own country and then you know moving to the u.s is like like Im immigrating to the u.s or what what is that like from I mean, as, as I grew older in the island, I understood, right, that we are Americans. And yeah, yeah I consider myself that way. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I love everything that comes with being American. And But growing up, obviously, we have our own culture. We yeah. have our own flag. We are sure. pretty much, it's almost like we're our own little country, even though we're not. Right. Um, and you vote on whether you want to become a state, right? That's always that's kind right. of the we debate sometimes. We vote for a governor, and yeah. then we don't get to vote for the president. We just okay. got an option uh, to vote if we want to become a state or just stay independent, which to my knowledge, becoming a state always wins, but for whatever pol political reasons, sure. hasn't happened. We're not getting into politics right, on the yeah. podcast, but <laughs> yeah, there's, I, I'm sure that's kind of an interesting thing though, from just being a, a kid growing up, you know, seeing all these different dynamics. Yeah, right? it's, it, I mean, it's pretty confusing, but. So what, what did you see yourself, you know, coming up in that culture? Like what, you said you never saw yourself coming to America, to the U.S. was never really something you had thought no, about? Or? My whole family is out there, and, okay. and I, I've seen, obviously, very thankful. I think the success that I have today is because I grew up seeing my dad, right, with an amazing work ethic, but that's all I've seen, right? He worked for your dad his do? family. He, he was a fireman. He retired okay. uh, to be a fireman, but he helped his dad. They had, used to have a little convenience store. He yeah. used to help him, like, cut meat and, and deliver it. And my dad has always have multiple jobs. Uh, he was in the construction industry for a while. Okay. Um, and once he retired, uh, my brother uh, became pretty successful uh, owning some uh, grocery stores in the island. And he just brought him with him uh, to help him out, supervise and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, but I mean, that's all I've seen. Be our family's really close. Uh, the, the town that I come from, 
like in the street where I live, my house is the first one, but the next like nine homes down the street is either my grand, uh, grandmother, a cousins, aunts, uncles in the wow. street behind us is my other grandmother. So it's, I, I didn't think that I was going to get away from that. Yeah. We grew so, up really so close. I mean, you're leaving your whole culture, your yes, whole sir. family, the, you know, Ramos Boulevard, basically, yeah. <laughs> right. You <laughs> know, everybody much, yeah. there. And uh, so, so how did that happen then? How do, how do you transition to ending up in the United States? Sports, uh, okay. even though my dad obviously was so busy uh, trying to make sure that he can provide for the family, um, they still, him and my mom found time to just keep me involved, right? I used to go through middle school, high school, and I played volleyball, baseball, basketball. Um, they didn't really took any of them like too serious. I just enjoyed doing it uh, and just love the competition. Just through elementary school, yes. middle school, all um, that. Whenever know. I got to high school, I'll say about 11th grade, 12th grade, um, I got pretty serious with baseball because I, I was developing some skills that okay. I started thinking that I was pretty good. And then I started getting approached by some uh, coaches, scouts in the island, uh, offering me to go to college, possibly uh, maybe be in the draft one day when I graduated high so school. These, are they college scouts? Are they major both, league both, scouts? Uh, they're, they're MLB scouts that talk to you and, and they don't feel that you're quite ready. Uh, they, they get you with some people that uh, will bring you out here uh, so you can go to college, get your education, and hopefully develop yourself um, in the sport so you have the opportunity out of a junior college to sign professionally or after you go a four-year school. To have the same opportunity. Okay, so that's kind of the route that I went. So, so you you, you decided at some point like baseball is the sport. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. What, what like, position did you play? Actually, I played shortstop mainly, second base. Okay. Um, I didn't want wanted to leave uh, the island, but I I seen so many people that is very successful leaving the island because of the sport of baseball, or maybe like boxing is pretty big in the mm -hmm. island as well, and they become really successful in regards to making a really good income and be able to provide for their family. So I thought that was going to be my opportunity. So then the, there come like a moment when you're in, I'm assuming you're playing high school baseball. Or is there like a club team so in, that in you're Puerto doing? Rico, in Puerto Rico, I went to a public school, so okay. we don't really have sports. The okay. school is all private outside of it. Um, and we, I mean, a lot of the times you don't have a chance to develop it yourself. Like somebody in sports in America, now they're familiar because you don't do it every day. Yeah. Um, now, I had the discipline and my dad, I'm super thankful because as I mentioned, he find time to like go to the field with me and throw some balls so I can hit or just hit some ground balls, right? So I can get develop my skills. But it was only like a two, two to three days a week. You practice like Tuesday, Thursday, and you play on Saturday, and that was pretty much it. Gotcha. So, so you're doing that, and then I'm, I'm assuming at some point someone approaches you, approaches your family, and says, "Hey, we think Jonathan could have a career in baseball." And he's going to need to move to the United States. Yeah. So right? somebody approached my dad. Kind of. um, I was just playing like local in the town that I'm from. And normally, and we find this out later, right? In my, through my high school years, like if you go closer to the Metroplex and, and participate in those teams out there, you have a lot more exposure. Uh, so that's like what the Metroplex we, in, Port, like in San Puerto Jose. Rico, yeah. Right? Kind of yeah. closer to yeah. like San Juan and all of that. Yeah. So San Juan, yeah. my, uh, my dad's, kind of put me in some of those teams and I started talking to the scouts and the people who gave me the chance to actually be able to come out here to go to college. So what was that decision like? Like you, you are living on a street of nine houses <laughs> that all, all of your relatives and now you're going to go to a country where I'm assuming at this point, do you speak English or do you just a little I, bit of English? No, so in Puerto Rico, we grew up obviously through school. Uh, we mm -hmm. get English since first grade, but it's probably the same way you get Spanish here, right? right? You don't really learn much. Um, and the, cat, the the English class is taught in Spanish, so it's not a whole lot that you get from it. Um, so it, it was definitely super scary because I knew the language was a barrier. Um, I was just told that a lot of the people, a lot of the players in the college that I was going to go into spoke Spanish, some of the coaches as mm -hmm. well, some of the uh, teachers, because in my first year I went to Florida. So that gave me a little bit of comfort, but yeah. I was still pretty scared about what the challenge was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it just had to be uh, a, a huge change for you, yeah. right? And just and, and so why did you decide to to do that? To, to kind of uproot your whole life at such a young age and I, move I just, somewhere? I mean, in the back of my mind, I just trusted the ability that I was given to to play the sport of baseball, and then I just wanted to see what what was going to happen with it. Yeah. Uh, and the college of my first year, I went to uh, Lake City Community College okay. it was in Florida. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I met awesome people. The, some of the people that I play with today in that college are playing professional baseball. Okay. Um, in the MLB. So it was a great experience. 
So how did you view baseball at this point? I mean, obviously you love it. It's a sport that you enjoyed. Did you see it kind of as your way to a better life or a way to, you know, have connect you to where you want to be in life? Or what What was your thought? There? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I, I saw it as a career. Uh, I would have loved to write to hopefully become a millionaire and be a professional baseball player. Yeah. Um, but I also had the idea of like, if that doesn't work out, I would love to get studies done, like through baseball, hopefully pay for it through scholarships and learn the language of English. Cause by the little time that I was in the, in the United States, I was liking what I was seeing. Um, so I, I could have seen myself either building a life out here as a professional baseball player or as a professional, something else. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just so crazy because, you know, every kid when they're growing up, they dream like, oh, I'm going to play, you know, a professional sport, yeah. baseball, basketball, you know, football, whatever it is. But for you to actually be in a position where you've got scouts talking to you, they're encouraging you to leave your country, you're taking them up on that offer. You know, what, what type of commitment did it take to even get to that point? I mean, is it just you're just that you picked up the ball and that no, you're that no. good? I mean, or is there a lot of stuff that no, you yeah, were doing was, to get there? It was a lot of like practicing, like right hitting, developing yourself um, in the weight room. And obviously you don't have the now here in the United States, I think like kids are blessed, right, to have all the gym and equipment and, and practice facilities right, right. And you go to a field nowadays especially in this area and everything is turf and perfect right so we didn't we didn't have that um but again just thankful of my family for the support and my dad just taking me to practice really my practice for baseball wasn't a whole lot of like physical lifting weights it was just getting ground balls in a beat up field and, and how many I, days were you practicing when you were a kid? pretty much every day every day yes yeah. I, if i know if i not was practicing baseball i was doing something else like uh, mixed martial arts with my uncle or I was just playing basketball, which I think it helped me tremendously with yeah, the stamina. Sure. Uh, but in regards to baseball, I used to practice almost at least five days a week. Yeah. And, and so like that kind of commitment that it took to put yourself in this point in your life, you know, if we were to fast forward to like now, how influential is that period of time in you today? Oh, I think it's big. It's the discipline that the we had. I think back then I can see what my parents were doing, right? Trying to keep you away from... Mm -hmm. Um, getting lost on whatever the streets or whatever the case may be, because um, in, in some of the schools that I grew up in, I mean, it could be pretty easy to be influenced that way. Uh, but the discipline that they you built by doing that on a daily basis, keeping in the back of your head that that might be an opportunity in the future to get you ahead and provide for your family, I think is big and it correlates a lot to this profession right yeah. now. And, and just the competitiveness also, I think is a great quality to have in this industry. I think you got the competitiveness. Uh, I, I think you've got the, the determination. But I think a lot of it too is, you know, how much of it just like you have to work for something. Yes, sir. Like you want something big and it's just not going to be given to you, right? You're, I mean, you're practicing every day with your dad and you're, you're doing mixed martial arts and you're doing other things to try to get your, you know, physicalness to the point that you can perform at a level to give you that opportunity. I mean, that's, is that something that, if you fast forward to like, you're a brand new agent, does that kind of stick in your mind of like, hey, I got to work at this if I want this? Right. Yes, a lot. I mean, I feel like I'm, I guess my mindset, if I do more that is required, one day I'll get paid for it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's how I was when I was a kid, really not with the same intention, right? Because I didn't, I didn't be it that way. Um, but I know that if I put in the time, Eventually, you get better at something. But now with this industry, I kind of see it that way. Um, starting out as an agent, obviously, you're going to have to do a lot of things um, that you might don't want to do and you don't feel like doing. But it's just like anything else in life, right? If you put in the discipline, you put in the time, it will pay off in the future as long as you're willing to just strategize, make adjustments, right? And follow a system, the system that the company have in place. Yeah, I, I, I think what you said is just so important because so much of society even right now is like, instant gratification, right? Yes, I, I, I want to do something and I want to get my reward from that mm -hmm. now. And and you said, I want to make sure people heard it, that you wanted to do more than what you were getting paid for currently, just do more work and maybe not get that reward for it now because you know it's going to pay that dividend later. Yeah, right? just, you know? of course. I, I, and that's just my mindset on everything that I've done. I know, as you mentioned, again, going into this challenge now as an agency owner, um, I know it's going to be harder. There'll be new challenges. Um, but I, I'm willing to, same thing I did when I was an AD building a brand new team, just do more at the beginning and eventually we'll pay off as yeah. long as I align myself with the right people. Right. 
So, so how do we go from here you are in Florida about to become a major league baseball star to now you're selling insurance, right? Yeah, Let's that, talk about that journey. So, where, so where, where did baseball <laughs> kind of peak and then what happened and how'd you transition? Yeah, in Florida, it, everything started well, obviously freshman out of college and got a really great head start. A bunch of stuff happened in between, right? Injuries. I got into a car accident, um, oh then recovered from that pretty quickly. I just hurt my knee. Um, and then went to a game one time in the practicing part. We're just playing practicing games before the season started. And I got a, a hit by pitch in my nose and woke up one day and I didn't know where I was. I was in the hospital. My oh, wow. mom already flew from Puerto Rico to Florida. So I guess I was out for like a day so and a half. You, so the pitch knocked you unconscious. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, all of that what happened. Kind of, do you know what? Do you ever know what kind of pitch it was? Like, uh, it, no, no idea. I swung you. at it and it was like a, like a foul tape and the ball hit me. Oh, and I was gotcha. instead of going straight back. And wow. I was just unconscious and woke up in the hospital. I had to have surgery in my nose. And that was part of it, right? But I got recovered from that and I started playing baseball that, that one year and things went really well. Um, so at this time, sorry, at this time, are you playing for the for the for the college, junior college? For the junior for the college. college. Yes, okay. for the yeah. junior college. Um, had an amazing coach. Uh, at, uh, today, uh, I think he retired from, from his position, but he went. So the, the college that year closed down. Uh, the okay. year that I was there as a freshman. So our coach was given an opportunity to actually go coach minor leagues for the uh, Chicago Cops. So it's, oh, wow. it was an amazing coach. Um, but once a, I think it was financial reasons that the, the college had to uh, close down and I was given the opportunity with the scouts that I was already talking. Uh, I started talking with a scout for the Royals organization, for the Kansas City Royals, and went back to Puerto Rico for summer. Mm -hmm. um, playing Puerto Rico, uh, the summer league. And then I was giving a chance to go to college again, but I went to Iowa that second year, okay. which it was it's very, very similar different. to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. I think Puerto Rico, Iowa, it's usually yeah, my vacation it was, destinations. It was freezing. Where do we want to go this year? You know, they, Iowa or Puerto Rico. They want you to play baseball. <laughs> and uh, for the first four or five months when I got there, you're just practicing indoors, which I've yeah. never done that before. It's negative degrees, super windy. So that was a whole new experience for me uh, in the baseball career. Um, but that college was very interesting because the main college was not in the location that I was staying at. And the, the main college used to have all the sports, but they got all baseball players. And we were like two hours away from the main campus. Just like a baseball Just satellite. Base, like a baseball only. academy. Yeah. yeah. It was about 50 guys and only... About 15 will make it to the team, and it was just war in there to just practice, get good at this, and see so who you got to compete team. with. Yeah. You got to compete with 35 other people. And it was or 35 people are going to not make it out of the yeah. out of the 50. Yeah. People from everywhere. There was a lot of Latin American, Cubans, Puerto Rican, Dominicans, and, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, a lot of competitiveness and, and and that team we did great. I think. Uh, so you made that team. We, yeah, right, we yeah. finished second place in the whole uh, JUCO uh, that one year, okay. and. From there, really was the, the chances for me to maybe play professional um, race up because I had a great year that year. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to Puerto Rico and the scout that I mainly was talking to was from the island. So he he helped me um, get through, maybe possibly get into the, uh, how do you call this? I'm, I'm, I went blank, I'm sorry. Get into, get into, the, like the, uh, get into the draft. Or the draft. Uh, okay. That one year. Yeah. Um, and then... I started playing summer ball and I hurt my wrist. Um, so that, that took a while from getting into the draft that year. So I wasn't able to get in it, but I was given an offer to play independent ball for the same organization. Um, and while doing so, um, they gave me the chance to represent Puerto Rico. I think that was an awesome experience oh, wow. in a Pan American tournament yeah. uh, to like qualify for like the World Classic. Yeah. And I was part of the Puerto Rico team playing with a lot of professional players. Uh, oh, that's like, cool. That was an awesome experience. I'm sure you picked a lot from that too. Yeah, I mean, it, you it got people great. that are in the MLB that are playing on that team, Yeah, right? we went, yeah. Uh, the tournament was held in Mexico. I think it was in 2009. And we played against everybody. It was US, Cuba, I mean, Dominican Republic, all those big teams. Yeah. Uh, and we got to play with them. I mean, get to know all those players. It was yeah. pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. But uh, the, the, that pretty much kind of hurt the baseball career because uh, the injury that I had was on my wrist and I couldn't really get better from it. So uh, third year, I was going to go back to the United States to go back to college to a four-year school. But I really didn't recover like well from the wrist. So I had to stay in Puerto Rico for a year. So okay. I went to college in Puerto Rico uh, for that one year. And then once I've... Uh, once I recovered, I started playing a, a league in Puerto Rico named Double A, uh, Double A okay. League, and I start feeling better. So 
after the one year that I went to college in the island, I was given an opportunity again to go back to college. Okay. And that's what I went to the four-year school in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and after going to the school, then I thought of baseball, yes, as as hopefully still an option to uh, build a career. But I saw a lot more serious, like getting to learn the language better. Because mm-hmm. uh, to this point, I haven't, I wasn't trying too hard because a lot of the people that I was around spoke Spanish. Yeah. Now I'm going to Oklahoma, which is only me and another Spanish guy from Puerto Rico. They're giving this opportunity. I mean, nobody else speaks Spanish. So I was wanting to learn the language. It had to be hard. Hopefully trying to build a career. Yeah. And it was even harder whenever you go somewhere that you're used to certain English in the, in the island and you come out here kind of like in Texas and it's a really country accent Sure, everybody. I mean, I was in a really small town, um, but I mean, it was another challenge. There's not a lot of y'alls that they throw oh, around yeah. down in Puerto yes. Rico. Right? <laughs> no, no. In Puerto Rico, you never hear that. It's more like the Northeast sure. English. Yeah. So I, I know there was at one point you had a, a pretty serious injury while you were playing, and that's what derailed your whole mm-hmm. major league career. Oh, my is, race, that, yeah. is, that, is that the injury you're talking about prior, or is this yes, something sir. that's yeah. okay? It, it happened in, in college, and then it, I aggravated it when I, I played the summer ball in Puerto Rico. Gotcha. And it, they were thinking of maybe doing some surgery. I went through some laser treatment to not having to have a surgery on the ligaments. Right. And that's why I had to stay in Puerto Rico for a full year and go to college there. So this is when you were you were playing for the Royals kind of minor league organization? It was, and like, you, it was an indep- like independent ball okay. under the Royals organization. Okay. And obviously the, the whole goal was to complete that year in college and get into the draft. But yeah. due to the injury, that really didn't happen. So now... You're in the United States. You're in a state that speaks a type of English that you're not yeah. familiar with on top of being away from where you grew up with nine houses of your yeah. family members in a row. I mean, what what are you thinking now? Like, are you wanting to go back, but now you're in the U.S., you want to make it and and stay here? Like, what what's driving you at this point in yeah, your the goal, life? My hand felt a little bit better. So the goal was obviously to put in the next two years uh, in school, uh, junior year and senior year playing ball. Uh, but I, I took a lot more serious school and uh, wanted to learn the language and actually get a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I already did my first two years. My first year was, I don't want to say a waste, uh, but I didn't have like the credits because yeah. I was taking ESL, which is English as a second language. And that took the majority of the credits that I took that year. So I was wanting to, that's why I stayed in Puerto Rico. I went to school where I was recovering from the risk. And then I just wanted to catch up on school whenever I came to the four-year school in Oklahoma. So when did you make the decision that, all right, baseball's not going to happen and I'm going to get on with the rest of my life? Is that a gradual transition or was it like, you know, just as, there was a I, moment yeah. that kind of defined it? I started it. my junior year, um, obviously the first semester for baseball players is a lot of practicing. And it's a lot of weight room involved and playing scrimmages and stuff like that. So um, I quickly find out that I was fine to play. But whenever I got to a game, uh, I was still hurting uh, pretty bad on my wrist. So the first season of my when the season started, the first maybe like 40, 50 games, I didn't got to play much um, due to the wrist. And I think that's why I make the decision. Okay, let's just get down with school and get a degree out of this. Because I was giving, I was thankful that I was giving a scholarship. Did you think you were going to go back to Puerto Rico after you get the degree? Yes, that, that was the plan. So um, why'd you stay? Because I met, I met my wife. Uh, you met your and, wife. Yeah, <laughs> I met my beautiful wife, and to, today she's actually my, my business partner as well. Yeah. Um. So I met her the first semester that I went to Oklahoma, and I mean she pushed me to become better, learn English, right? Because so did she? Does she know Spanish or no, she you guys are no, yeah. communicating she, in? She knows English. the country English. Okay, <laughs> that's how I got to learn it. Okay, um, she helped me tremendously through school, and actually, like, she was very patient because uh, she took everything to teach me the language, and we were communicating through like Google Translate and wow. stuff like that. So she helped me a lot. She helped me with school. Uh, I told her that. After that, I ended up getting a master's degree online, and uh, I tell her that she has that master's degree because she did the majority of the right papers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, no one's going to review that degree yeah, now; they yeah. can't take it from <laughs> well, you. I'm so not you using can, anything, right? But. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, all right, so you graduate college, right? You're and and then you at some point you you make a move down to Dallas, or yeah, what, so what's that? When I when I got my I finished playing baseball in college in Oklahoma. Um, 
I chose to do my degree because I was offered an opportunity to coach the team that I was playing for in college. And okay. Because I was going to be an assistant coach, um, they were going to pay for my master's degree. It was another scholarship, so I, I took that opportunity. Um, I coached for the first semester and a half, and it was very different from playing. To be yeah. honest, I hated coaching. I enjoyed playing, but I hated coaching. So uh, I told Kendra, Kendra was still had two years left uh, in school. So I told Kendra that I was just going to get a, a pilgrims uh, and get a loan and finish my master's. And I continued to do my master while she was actually uh, finishing her degree. Okay. Because um, I'm two years older than her. And in the meantime, I just found a job and we started working together. Uh, she was a bartender in a little steakhouse, kind of like a, a roadhouse out here. Yeah, right. Um, and I obviously was super shy uh, to still speak English to people. So I started busting tales. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Right. And I did that for about three weeks. And I, I respect the people who do that a lot because I hated it. Yeah. And cleaning up people's messes. Yeah. yeah. And cleaning dishes in the back. That yeah. wasn't something I wanted to do. And I just asked the the manager at that store, it was a Mexican guy. So I asked him, hey, man, you think I'll do good serving? He said, well, I mean, if you can stumble through English and take orders, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. So that was another thing that pushed me to, to learn the language. At the beginning, it was funny. I used to take orders and I don't even know what I wrote down. I used to go to Kendra. He's like, hey, can you right? <laughs> enter this in for me? And hopefully it's right. But we went through that for about two years. And to be honest, working there, it uh, gave me a chance. To, uh, like It helped me a lot to learn the language and gain a lot of confidence on, on speaking it. Yeah, so you're definitely getting outside your comfort zone yes, doing sir. something like that. So then, okay, a little further down the road, you're, you know, what what's the career path looking like now? So whenever we finish... But yeah, I finished my master's. Um, Kendra still had a semester in school. So I decided we looked, we either wanted to move to Oklahoma City or come down to the DFW. So okay. we make a trip to Oklahoma City. Her mom used to live there. That's why we thought of moving up there. But then we, uh, one weekend we came down to Dallas and we loved the area. We yeah. actually came down to like Plano, Frisco area. Mm -hmm. And I just told her, hey, just pack up when you finish school and go down there. So I came and applied for some jobs. And I was given a job pretty pretty quickly. Um, so we did everything, got an apartment, and I moved down here about four months before she moved because she needed to finish school. Right. So I just came down here, got her air mattress, put her in the apartment floor, <laughs> and moved with my – it was just me and my puppy, and she was still living up there wow. in, uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm sorry, in Ada, Oklahoma, going to college. Yeah. And once she graduated, moved down, and she was the one who got into the insurance industry. Okay. Um, her first job was uh, doing PNC. Okay. Um, and then – she did that for about a year while I was selling cars. And then she decided to go into like more of the financial planning uh, okay. with a different company. And she didn't like that at all. Um, and that's when she started going into interviews and she met uh, Blake Gaither under the uh, Ever Agencies here in Dallas. Yeah. And she went through an interview with him and it was, I mean, you can ask him, it took about three months to hire her. I, I don't really know why, because she wasn't doing really well in the, the other company that she was working She was at. hesitant to start? Yeah, yeah. With she yeah. interviewed with Blake like three times. Uh, Blake took her to the field, showed her how everything was done, um, and showed him a lot of success. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. I was selling cars. She was telling me about uh, this opportunity. I was like, man, why you not jump into it? Because she was working for another company that it wasn't going very well. And she decided after three months or so of interviewing and the whole process to take a chance and start working for uh, Liberty National. And about a month later, she personally recruited me because she needed some Spanish people to help her in her enrollment. So you're selling cars. Did you like selling cars? Is it something that you wanted to do kind of, are you just, this is paying the bills. This is getting me through. Yeah, at, at the beginning, that's how I thought that it was just going to pay the bills. Um, but I mean, it, it gave me a lot of like people skills because I was very okay. shy still. Um, and I, I think it was great for kind of positioning me to be better at this career right now with, with Liberty National. But the income was good. I mean, from what I was making in the restaurant when I came down here, to me, it was, I mean, I almost made six figure the first year and I thought I was a millionaire back then. Right. Uh, selling cars. But once I came here and went to a few enrollments and learned the policies and closed my first few accounts, I saw a different opportunity and that's why we're still here today, seven years later. Yeah. So Kendra personally recruited you to help her on yeah, enrollment. Role, so she yeah. really intention was to have you kind of help her in enrollments and then yeah. see where this goes. And and what did you think of 
the opportunity? I know you kind of said, uh, well, obviously where it's taking you now, yeah. but when you first started, what were you thinking about the opportunity for you from your side? Yeah, I thought uh, it was going to be a lot easier at the beginning because obviously, well, first of all, the hard part was studying for that test. Right. Um, the, the, but we got through that just getting out of college. I uh, still had a little bit of... So, I mean, when you think about it, though, so so you just learned English, essentially, here within, what, a, a year or two now? You're feeling confident in conversational After from After I started working, yeah, almost two years. So, about two years. Yeah. And now you have to take an insurance license test in English with words that you probably hadn't and, seen before. And, you know, it, I mean, what was that like? That, that's funny because uh, I came to find out after I became an agency director, you can take the test in Spanish and you can do the study <laughs> course in Spanish. Uh, but yeah. But did you didn't all, know that when you were doing no, it. No, I did it all right. in English. And obviously I had a lot of questions yeah. and I Google a lot of words that I didn't understand. And yeah. Kendra helped me through some of Maybe that was Kendra already. trying to help you learn more English. You know, she didn't <laughs> yeah. want to give you that well, option. I mean, it, it helped me with the terminology and right. getting to learn the language in this industry. Uh, but yeah, I, I find out after I became an agency director, you can do it all in Spanish. So it would have been a lot easier for me. <laughs> so, so you know, what what are your goals? How, how are you viewing the career opportunity kind of at this moment? So we started as agent. Um, obviously, once I passed my test and did my training, um, I was being utilized a lot because I speak Spanish enrollments. for, for yeah. enrollments. Yeah. And I mean, it was great, right? Because it was bringing an income. Um, but I, I, I saw Kendra building a book of business, right? And doing. Right. she was focusing a lot more on the prospecting. A lot of the accounts that I was enrolling, a lot of them were hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were both agents. Um, so I felt like, oh, she's building something for herself and I'm helping her and everybody else uh, because I speak Spanish. So I kind of like put a little bit of stop to that and, and got really good at the prospecting as well. Um, and, so you didn't want to just be an enroller. You right. wanted to get into the business. Which and- I, I, obviously, I saw at the time my trainer, uh, which was Blake as a role model because right. I see what he has accomplished. And I wanted to see, OK, what have you done to become successful? And I saw that whenever he got in the field, he was awesome prospecting, presenting right. to businesses, closing new accounts. Um, and he developed Kendra to get to that point as well. And I just wanted some of it because in the future, um, I got my first, I think one thing that made me realize that I really wanted to make a career here, um, it was the first kickoff meeting that we went to the ever agencies. Okay. And I started seeing the bigger numbers, right? Because right now I'm only seeing what we are getting done in the Dallas office, but now I get to see what the ever agencies is doing. I think back You're then- seeing that more is possible, right? I think you know, back what's, then, I think they were celebrating writing $3 million or yeah. something like that. And to me, that was- This is what year? Deal. Yeah. Uh, 2015, 16. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Three point something, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, we have those big banners, and you gotta write down what you're taking to the bank for the year. So right. we were doing that, and I saw some other people, not just Blake, other directors like uh, Keith Bennett and stuff mm-hmm. like that, being very successful. Um, and that kind of pushed me into wanting to actually move into leadership. Yeah, and that's why I did everything I could to get good quickly in the prospecting, uh, presenting to business owners, and enrolling and overall in the business. You know, as we're talking through this, it just seems like a common theme that I'm hearing is you kind of keep intentionally pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you know, going all the way back down to where you're in Puerto Rico and the the work ethic that it takes to be good at baseball to making that leap of faith into another country, basically new language, you know, taking different positions through your, you know, your working career that are pushing you out and out of your, you know, out of your comfort zone as well. I mean, what is that, what is that like now here? You're kind of getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of an enroller position. You're getting out of your comfort zone, moving into leadership. Like what, how, how do you think that's defined your career? I think what made me go through all of these, first of all, going back to Puerto Rico, right? I've seen my dad, as I mentioned earlier, work so hard and he just trading time for a paycheck, right? Yeah. And even though he he did everything he did to provide for us, um, like we didn't spend a lot of time with him because he was working a lot. So then seeing my brother with the same work ethic as a young uh, boy, pretty much working since he's 15, 16, became a professional, graduated school. And then he started working for what he went to school for. And he kind of put a stop to that and decided to become an entrepreneur. So I started seeing different things, right? I see him as a role model as well. Cause yeah, now I'm seeing that you don't have to 
yeah, you got to work hard, but there's ways to get ahead, right? Yeah. It's not just simply trading your time for a paycheck. Um, if you're willing to take a bigger risk, um, then things will pay off in the future. So I learned that from him. So I'm kind of translating that uh, to this business. And I saw as an agent, yeah, the opportunities there. And you want to, you could be a great career agent. I mean, look at Jason Adams, Corey Horsley, right? They do amazing. Um, but I, I didn't see myself just enrolling in a daily basis. So I wanted to build something else and just learning from Jason Blake and, and them mm-hmm. as leaders. I saw what they were building, um, how people like was looking at them differently, right? With a uh, different respect and stuff like that. And I wanted to, I wanted to some of that. And, and we tried the leadership uh, with Kendra, my wife being the supervising agent. I was the agent. Then she got moved up as a director and I was the supervising agent. And I'll tell you one thing, she's way better than me in the field and building relationships. Right. Um, I, I was good at it, but she's amazing. Um, and we fail uh, by doing it that way. Um, obviously, we didn't have the experience and I feel like we didn't have enough accounts. We just did it pretty quickly. Um, and we fail. We got demoted both back down to an agent. Um, that was wow. a point in, in this career that I was thinking hard if I wanted to continue to do this wow. or not. Um, but I put all, I just went to some other job interviews and, and things like that. But I, I, I was trying to put all my eggs in one basket and compare. If I go here, do I get this? And if I go here, do I get this other thing? And the time, the freedom that you gain in this industry, if you become successful and the income that you can make, it was a match with the other opportunities that uh, I went and, and interviewed for. And at the end of the day, I just told Kendra, it's like, I feel like we haven't given it all and we getting in our head, maybe possibly quitting uh, these great opportunities. So let's just give it all and see what happens. And we started giving it all and things got really good. Yeah. So we promoted again, but we decided to do it. Me uh, as a essay, she was an agent and I moved up as an AD and she was my essay. And up to a few months ago, the, the, that changed and now I became an agency director and she's a, a director in the, in the company. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just so great that is that like that internal drive that you get from watching your dad growing up to push you through these moments where it's a challenge, it's something unknown, and that's the motivation that drives you into yeah. this? Because a lot of times people, they have that adversity that they're looking at or there's something that's going to be way out of their comfort zone. Right. And they don't they don't go through it. You know, there's something that pushes them a different way. What's that driving force that pushes you? I definitely learn a lot from my dad, the work ethic aspect. Um, I feel like they obviously, when obviously I have a great support in my family, but whenever you talk to them about starting a career like this, the first few questions, right? Is that commission only? Are you getting benefits and all of that, right? And they want you to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what I see growing up in Puerto Rico at the time. It wasn't a lot of opportunities. So my dad did everything he could to took care of us, but I learned a little bit more of that from my brother of taking the risk to maybe getting ahead um, and actually become an entrepreneur. Obviously, you've done it, right? It comes right. with great responsibility and a lot of risk, but if you put in the time, it would be very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what drives me up. I, I love the unknown, and I think that pushed me a lot. Um, that's why I love this career, because I can go walk into a business today and I might build a great relationship with a business owner, give a presentation, he has... 200 300 employees and i mean just an account like that can change the next quarter of your life or the next six months or the whole year um so i try i feel like on the unknown yeah uh, so I, I do enjoy that a lot but how important is it once you take that leap into the unknown that you got to put your head down and work oh yeah, yeah. it's just i think that's the key right because if you don't do that then you're going to waste a lot of time. You can waste a lot of money. I, I'm learning that as a director. I learned that, uh, obviously, you, you spend in, in recruiting sources and things like that. So when you get in front of somebody, you got to make sure you perform. You got to make sure that you adjust. Because, um, not yeah, the system is there. But I feel like the system, you got to make a few tweaks mm-hmm. for my personality to work in a certain way. It might work differently from you according to your personality. So definitely right. working in your craft and, and thinking outside the box and, and getting better. But did when you make these leaps, were there times where you were still second guessing yourself? Like, did I make the right decision? And what am I doing? And oh yeah, how do I, I get I out of this? It happens <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. But I feel like as long as you have the faith, right, that, that things will work out, and if you put in the time, that things will pay off. I mean, that that's really what drives me. Yeah. So going back to that transition, now you're working for Globe Life Liberty National. 
what did your family in Puerto Rico think about this? Because it's you leave home on one career path, right. and now suddenly you have a girlfriend, you move to Dallas, and you're going to sell life insurance, 100% commission. It's not quite what they had in mind for you yeah. either when 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 you left. So no, they, what, what are they, they thinking? Definitely. I mean, they. I think from the very beginning, the, they met Kendra. They liked her a lot. Sure. Um, and we went back uh, after a year of being together and she went back to Puerto Rico and, and we introduced her to the family. And it was funny because not many people can communicate with their right? My yeah. mom has a really broken up English. My brother teaching self English because he, he could communicate with my dad. I mean, doesn't say two words of English and yeah. don't understand it much. So it was funny the first few times. I feel like Lind Kendra has learned Spanish because today I'm sure. sometimes I'm on the phone with my dad and I give the phone to Kendra and she'd be saying some Spanish words with him, but she don't say nothing in front of me because she thinks I'm going to make fun of her. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, I forgot the question. Again, yeah, no, I just, so how supportive were they of the uh, transition to Liberty though? A lot. At the beginning, I feel like obviously it's scary uh, yeah. jumping in into something like this. So they just wanted me to find something that, oh, you got a, a consistent pay and you offer this and that. But once they saw that once I got started, I was giving it all and things were working out really well. I mean, they're always been super supportive of yeah. any decision I make in my life so far. So right. it's been great. Right. And then, you know, obviously we kind of talked about some of the challenge when you're coming in, you know, and, and how you've overcome those. At, at some point, you kind of got it figured out, mm -hmm. right? You went through some adversity. You stuck it out. You probably thought about which direction do you want to go and you, yeah. and you stayed. And then now, when did you start thinking about like, what's this next level look like for me? You know, maybe this is an agency owner type. That, when, when did that start? Yeah, I never, to be honest with you, I never thought of becoming an agency owner. Uh, I became a agency director in 2020 and uh, in January and things were... Great you know, time, you, you know, everything. <laughs> we're blissfully ignorant January 2020, trying right? Trying to figure out how to recruit a person and then COVID came along. Yeah. And, and thankfully at the time we had some accounts that we built as we were here um, as an agent and, and supervising agents. So we were able to work through that. Uh, but it was definitely a challenge when March came around, May and the whole COVID year. Um, but we managed to finish the year and in my first year as an agency director qualified for convention, uh, which it, it really was my goal. Yeah. And then in year two, I mean, we really got imp like implemented a lot of systems in, in the recruiting aspect and giving the opportunity to others and things changed tremendously in that position. And I was able to uh, make the SEAL team, right. uh, which is something that you and then Luke run, which I'm super thankful for because I feel like I've being around those guys, yeah. um, I learned a lot and became a lot better. Now, a lot of people maybe that are listening, they don't know what the SEAL team is. So from, from my side, the SEAL team is the top agency directors, the role that you're in right there, regional agency directors that are kind of just knocking it out of the park in everything, you know, recruiting, agent growth, production, obviously promotions, leadership, um, you know, in out of 250 people with this contract, we pick the top 10 or 15. Kind of like, you know, you think about your career in baseball, you know, you're in a, you're in a school where they're picking the top 15 yeah. out of 60, you know, so you're having to same thing, you know, here you are. And was it your goal to make the SEAL team once you found out about it and knew what it was? Was that that competitive spirit in yeah, you wanting I, to be on there? Obviously, I didn't know the qualifications to make it. Right. I just knew it. Not a lot I of work, people do. Yeah. <laughs> if I work really hard, I might have a chance. Sure. Um, so, I'm super competitive. Obviously, you know, Blake is very competitive as well. Right. And, and he became my partner in the office. And my goal was trying to beat him every week. And I'm sure uh, his goal was the same, right? Yeah. Um, and in a respectful, like friendly way, I mean, I, I want him and everybody to be super successful. But sure. his numbers used to drive me because I knew he was um, been here nine years. Now I'm here seven. So having some weeks sometimes that I get to equal his production or better, it was a success to me. So I was trying to do that and make sure that on the recruiting numbers, we stay very similar. Um, and I think we both got an amazing work ethic in the office and we got to develop that Dallas office, which I think is doing pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, once I, I got the call uh, from, from yourself telling me that my second year as NAD that I was in the top of the company and it was a, uh, part of the SEAL team, I was pretty excited. Yeah. Um, and kind of like the same thing happened with the SEAL team that happened to me whenever I was just in the Dallas office and went to see 
the ever agencies as a, as a team. Like now everything I've seen is the ever agencies. Right. But now I get to uh, spend some time with you, Luke, and the top performers in the company, which opened like a different perspective for me. Sure. And I saw different numbers, numbers that you guys share with us that you see company-wide, right? So it's a lot bigger than just the ever agencies. And like the the new system or, or the ways that you guys are trying to imp like implement to improve the great year that we have to have make sure that the next one is better when you guys start talking about the agency owner contract and what those numbers look like. And I feel like after the New York uh, meeting, which mm -hmm. was the first one for mm -hmm. me, um, after the last day, I went to the hotel room before we went to dinner and I just called Kendra and I was like, I asked her, I was like, hey, will you ever consider like if we take the risk and maybe trying to open our own office? And she's like, well, where? I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. it's an idea. <laughs> Um, and she said, well, why you come up with this idea? And I kind of share some of the, the numbers and then the things that you share with us. And when I came home, then we got a little more serious talking about it. Okay. So you put your head down and went to work. Yeah. Then yeah. The year three started as an agency director and it went way better. Uh, I was able to align myself. I'm big, right? And aligning myself with the right people. And I have been able to build some amazing partners and some of them that came in the Dallas office and move with me down to San Antonio to now build the office in San Antonio. I've been blessed to have all those partners around me. And year three as an issue director was even better. We almost got close to writing a million dollars in, in FYI production and over a million dollars overall. Yeah. And I was part of the SEAL team again. And uh, the Lake Tahoe trip to me was the one who did it. I feel like there I made the decision that I, I wanted to do this and I approached you right. and Luke about it and with a billion questions. And, uh, sure. Then just took it pretty serious when I came home. And as you mentioned, put my head down, continued to work hard. And just, I feel like towards the end of the year was when I asked what was required to become an agency owner. And here we are now at the very beginning of the year. There I just are. pack all my stuff after building a brand new house that I only live on it for 10 months in Prosper. <laughs> um, sold it and moved down to San Antonio. And how many boxes do you have in your uh, garage right yeah, now so of the office uh, furniture you're ready to get open? The office, I've been an agency open, owner, right? what, two weeks? Yeah. Um, the office was getting the carpet completed. So everything that I need in the office is in my garage. So probably over a hundred boxes. That <laughs> I'm not looking for moving at all, but. Or are you, are you thinking about maybe started. that decision if you knew how much packing and unpacking and building was involved, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's the things we don't hey, tell man, you. I think it's, it's all worth it. things that we got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Was, was there anything that, and we kind of talked about this already, but was there anything that maybe was holding you back from making that decision to become an agency owner sooner? That maybe if you would have known this or if you would have thought about something differently, you know, because you don't seem to be afraid to get out of your comfort zone when you know what it's going to do for you. Yeah, I feel like obviously we fail at the beginning when right. we try to go in leadership. So that was in the back of my head a little bit, uh, my head and maybe Kendra's uh, in a way. Um, and obviously I would just scare of the expenses and things like that, right? All I'm seeing is the number one agency owner, which is every agencies. And sometimes I ask a question here and there and he shares some of that information with me. I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I didn't want to, I don't know. I, I didn't really thought myself like thinking that, that taking the risk of becoming an agency owner. Um, did you not see yourself as the agency owner? Yeah, did you not? I, that, did I, you not see that the risk was something you wanted to go through? Or what? What do you mean by I that? I do trust my work ethic, yeah. and I know at the end of the day, I will do what it takes to be successful. And I have right the competitive spirits and all of that. I, I think it was mainly like the bills and really relocating was the main thing. I mean, I I love this area up here where the home office is at. I used to live maybe fifteen minutes from here. Yeah, um, and we we're I, almost neighbors, right? Yeah, we we're right down the street from I, each I other. I bought a house yeah. in yeah. Aubrey. And then lived there for about three years and had the opportunity to build a brand new one in Prosper. And I love the area that I moved yeah. into. I joined the country club next door. Yeah. I thought like Deion Sanders' perfect. old house yeah. was down the street from you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. was one of the big things that uh, maybe was keeping me from making the decision, right? Got great friends in the area. Comfortable the life. relationship that I got to build. I was, yeah, making pretty good money, living pretty comfortably. Um, but I started realizing once I go to the uh, Silty meetings that it could be a lot better. And I just talked to Kendra and told her, hey, let's just push ourselves even more and, and see what we can achieve. And we moved down there. To be honest, the area that we picked down there is awesome. It's amazing. The scenery is definitely different, but I, I love everything down there so far. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited to open the office. Right now, we're working out of the conference room yeah. in the building that we have our office. And we've been able to 
uh, do some career briefings and we've been able already to hire some people. We, for the past two weeks, we've been able to write production down there. So it's, it's been great so far. Getting it started. Right? I'm excited That's... to see what, what we can accomplish together down well, there. I'm excited to see where this journey takes you too. I mean, you, you've got a tremendous story from uh, your upbringing all the way to now and and the things that you've you've gone through. So, you know, I really thank appreciate you. you sharing that with everybody here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one last thing, you know, which is part of our tradition here on on Level Up is um, we, we give everyone a bobblehead of, of themselves. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see it. <laughs> so I know, yeah, you know, you had dreams of Major League Baseball, <laughs> you know, maybe wearing a jersey and a bobblehead, not a suit. Um, but you know, it is John Ramos bobblehead day here at, uh, at Globe Life Studios. So I've got your, yeah, I got your bobblehead here. Excited to have it at the office. And, uh, so there you go. I'll present you with your, with yeah, your own awesome. bobblehead. Yeah, yeah, I got the haircut right and everything. <laughs> yeah, we got the haircut right. You know, we, it's, uh, you know, we put a lot of time into, uh, putting that together. So, and also cool. if you notice you're not wearing socks, oh, which yeah. I think yeah. is, is an important yeah. piece oh, of I, your, I'm wearing the little, no, you get the no show. So yeah. I don't know if they have no show socks in this bobblehead or not, or if they just went straight with the, uh, yeah. with the shoe on there. But, uh, so if you could go back in time, right. And you're, and you're talking to your, your bobblehead self here, what piece of advice would you give yourself when you're getting started that if you knew it back then, you you would you would want anyway something that you know now that you would but want yeah, to yeah. know back then yeah. i feel like i don't regret anything the way it happens because i feel like obviously the failure to me are lessons uh to to help you become sure. better um uh, but i feel like i would have liked i would have liked getting to leadership sooner um okay. i think that would have been something and I, I think if you ask right my partner my wife kendra she will tell you the same thing uh, i think once we start the leadership path the people that we've been able to pour into um, and seeing them change their life in a financial way or in a professional way, right? Maturing as a person, I guess a lot of the people that we bring on board are pretty young. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's very gratifying uh, for me. So I wish if I tell myself something, it's like, hey, do what it takes and move up with the company sooner. Because I've been with the company now going on eight years and I've been in leadership for the last four. Okay. So I was pretty much the first yeah. four years. I was an agent. We try moving up. We got demoted and we were agents for like almost four years. So, I mean, if, if I would have tell myself something is just stick through it. I know the struggles will happen, but knowing my work ethic now, I knew we would have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, John, thank you so much for being yeah. here today. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's very inspirational and uh, I can't wait to see what you and the Ramos agency in uh, San Antonio has in store for us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me and bringing me down here to share my story. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this episode has inspired you on your path to success. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next story. See you soon on the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast.